Well, hello, everybody. This is Brian and Lynette Wolf. How are you doing? Hey, everybody. Oh. oh, we're the Wolf Couple. That's right. And every month we get on this uh, great alumni speech. call. Welcome to the alumni call. That's right. Now, remember, put this in your appointment reminders. Everybody has a smartphone. And it's 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the fourth Monday of every single month. We've been doing this alumni call for how many years now, Brian? Long time. But, guys, you have to have, or supposedly you have to have graduated from the Quick Start Real Estate School to be on this call. So you guys should be a little bit more advanced. You should have your basic vocabulary down and understand you know, how the business works on a basic level and hopefully producing leads and work in your business. And so this call is for you guys to help refine your business, to help close deals, and if you guys have not gotten your first deal yet, to get you on track to get that first deal. And I'll tell you what, we actually went out on one of these field trips. Now, if you're in, a mas- in the master's program, uh, you, you can arrange for a field trip if you're fully paid, and we come out to you. Oh, my goodness. This two-day field trip is awesome. We just came back from, from uh, New Mexico, and uh, it was so exciting. And we actually we were in Albuquerque That's right. and Santa we, Fe, uh, right? Uh, yep, and we had some students there who uh, did a good job lining up appointments, and we came in and we spent uh, about two and a half days with them. And uh, we did a, saw a lot of houses, and this was an amazing couple of days. And uh, it was really this is where the where it happens. I mean, this is where you guys need to be to be closing deals. Are you ever going to get a deal in your living room? No. Are you're, you <laughs> get a deal in your bedroom? No. You're going to get a deal in some seller's kitchen or dining room. That's where you're going to get it. Wherever the best table is. Don't underestimate that. Now, all you guys are taking good notes. I always harp on this, guys. It's really important. And every time you write something down, do you know you increase your retention of that item about eight times when you write it down and just see it through your eyes on the page? So write this stuff down. It's so important. Little stuff, too, that you may not think about. But when you are out at your deal meetings, where you sit is absolutely vital. If you get stuck sitting room on the couch, you need to sit in a place. Now, you can sit in the living room on the couch if there's a nice big coffee table there. I don't prefer that. I'd really prefer, Lynette and I like to sit at a kitchen table or a dining room table. Uh, you know, whatever the best, nicest space is to, like, show them paperwork and go through paperwork, which we did a ton of at this appointment. Now, that's what we want you doing. Where, where are you guys making money? Where, where is the revenue being created in this business? It's from you sitting on the phone talking to sellers on the phone initially and eventually buyers, but starting off with sellers and going out to sellers' houses. And then you know what? Once you're in the game, once you're out there, sellers are calling you, you've got some kind of marketing out there, you've got some kind of visible calling going on, so you've got leads coming in. And the minimum that we like is how many, honey? How many per month? Well, I would like to see more than you, honey. (laughs) 20 a month minimum, everybody. 20 a week. Yeah, and I basically what we want you guys to all shoot for minimum goal is 10 deals in 2018. So it's about one a month. And, uh, you know, if you don't have some key things in place, you need to get them in place. You need to have your, you know, your phone number where sellers can call and your website. And, you know, you need a phone 
and uh, you need uh, transportation and a computer and a printer, you know, and that's about it. That's the beauty of this business. So once you, once you get that stuff lined up, uh, then you're just going to be doing these appointments. And I'll tell you, nobody's better in these appointments than Lynette. Um, oh, well, thank you, honey. You were there, too. Oh, so exciting. I'm going to run through. Um, I'm sure you guys are excited to hear about that two-day field trip we just got back from. Uh, but first, I want to run through a couple uh, little guidelines on the alumni call here. So um, what you want to do is we're going to be answering your questions. And so you hit star six to get in the queue. Hit star six to get in the queue. And we had some, uh, some of you guys actually uh, faxed over some lead sheets. So the purpose of this call is we're going to go over some deals and deal structuring and lead sheets. And like Brian already mentioned, you wouldn't be on this call if you haven't already been to the Quick Start Real Estate School. So make sure that um, you're on the right call. And this is a more advanced call. So that's why we love getting these lead sheets and these questions. So star six to get in the queue. It's going to go about one hour. Um, so we're going to be able to answer all your questions, hopefully. Uh, we'll, we'll hopefully get to everybody in the queue. Right, honey? And um, so what I was going to say is real fast, um, on the two-day field trip, those of you that don't know us, I think they all know us, but obviously um, we're Brian and Lynette Wolf, and we help Ron LeGrand teach the Quick Start Real Estate School. We met Ron um, about 15 years ago, actually, and we've been teaching alongside with him. Uh, for the last 15 years, and he has just been so instrumental and monumental in changing so many lives, including ours. And we can't, uh, we can't tell you how much we love and respect him, uh, and we're just so fortunate to have met him 15 years ago. And he's fortunate to have met us. <laughs> yep. And, guys, that's <laughs> so you need to meet somebody who shows you it's possible and shows you how to do it. So you got to know that it's possible. What is possible? How you know how much can you really make at this? And you know, really, if you're doing just one deal a month, you should be able to do seriously make about at least a quarter of a million dollars in a year. If you're doing ten deals, your your average profit, especially with this pretty house business, you know these deals. The longer you hold on to them, the more you make. That you get so many benefits when you've got them in this lease purchase program, just with the principal reduction. We had one payoff not too long ago, and we had $72,000 in principal reduction. That's profit. That's, you know, most people would be happy to make that on a whole deal. That was just in how much the principal went down over the time we held it, not including all our other profit sources. So, we, it's, you know, a lot of money is possible in this. Uh, we've tried so many things, guys. And I think most of you know us because if you've been to the Quick Start, you know us because we've had everywhere all those. And we actually used to run Ron's Pretty House Boot Camp not so long ago. And uh, so that really, you know, we love this business. And, I, and on all of our travels and travails, we've never found anything uh, that you basically can make more money in less amount of time than real estate, especially when you get it automated. So, and uh, we are the king and queen of automation and delegation. So that is the key. Everybody, um, that's one thing we specialize in besides being, of course, the what to say couple, automation, systemization, and delegation. Um, for those of you that don't know recently, um, we are actually in the process of um, hiring another acquisitionist. We're here in Arizona. And our son Dashiell works for us. He's one of our acquisitionists. He's 26 years old. He started with us when he was 16. And um, it's awesome working with the family. And he obviously makes a ton of money in real estate. And then, of course, we have 
our son, Kale, who's 23, um, he works with us as well in the business. And, um, oopsie. Yep, and then we have our daughter, Trinity. She just turned 18. So, oh, my goodness, now all of our kids are actually adults. That makes me feel really old now. So, okay, guys, so let's, now we're going to take your questions and talk about your deals. And uh, so I think some people actually sent in some, uh, some lead sheets. It's funny how sometimes people send in lead sheets and then they don't make it on the call. So, uh, but we're, we are going to go through uh, some lead sheets. Now, remember, on Pretty House Deals, Here's how you go through a lead sheet. Basically, this is the things that you guys have to figure out. Now, if you guys, and you guys, I shouldn't say if you are taking notes, because I'm sure you're taking notes, how important that is. Uh, there's four pretty house deal points on every deal. So this is what you've got to figure out. So if we're looking at a deal, if you send us a lead sheet, I want to know how far you have progressed with the seller on determining the four pretty house deal points. And so what are the four pretty house deal points. First one is the same as an ugly house deal point. If you buy an ugly house for cash, there's only one deal point, and that's p what? Purchase price. Okay, so purchase price is the number one deal point. Second, now this is stuff you have to work out when you're doing owner financing or lease purchase, sandwich lease purchase, any kind of... Uh, any kind Brian, of sorry, sorry to interrupt. I'm going to leave for a second. People are on the wrong phone call. I'm going to give them the right phone number and PIN number, so I'll be with you in a couple. Okay. Okay. So, guys, um, let's. So, if you made it to the right call, congratulations. You are hopefully not among the few. I hope you. Hopefully, you're among the many, and few people got sidetracked. All right. So, uh, this is very important now because this is what the goal is. Now, when we talk about always be closing, that's something we talk about a lot. Out of our, we at our uh, taking action workshop, we talk about the 33 negotiating techniques. And out of the 33 techniques, one of them is always be closing. Now, that sounds nice. It sounds pretty. What does that actually mean in, you know, in hard, cold facts? What it means is when you are talking to them on the phone and when you're out at that house, you need to figure out these four deal points. So that's your focus. If you're closing, it means you're trying to help them figure out the four deal points. You're trying to come to an agreement. And so you're talking about them. Now, I talk about the Good Shepherd uh, investor that I have a theory. <laughs> I think you guys all need to be Good Shepherds. And as an investor, uh, these folks have to, they need some help making the decision on these four things. So they have four, you know, four decisions to make with you. Sometimes it's easier. Now, when we do a subject two deal, we call that the low-hanging fruit because you don't have to go through all this stuff and make all these decisions. Uh, so you don't have to be the good shepherd quite as much. Uh, you basically are asking them two questions. Will you sell the house for what you owe on it, and will you, let, you know, will you keep the mortgage in your name for a little while? You don't ask quite that way, but that's basically it. So if they say yes and yes, your decisions are made because there's no – out of the four deal points, what are they now? The number one is purchase price. Number two is monthly payment. You can put these in other orders. This is the order I like. Okay, so – Purchase price, monthly payment. Number three is length of term. So how long are they going to give you? Are they going to give you two years? Now, we always like to get at least a couple years, so at least two, three years. Uh, if somebody pin, is trying to pin me down, well, how long do you need? 
I said, well, usually we like to at least get a couple of years. Now, we, we're asking for a, a lot. You know, we say, now, another thing I like to say is, well, you know, some seller, sellers are comfortable with uh, giving us a long term, you know, and they're, they like to get the monthly payments, so they're fine giving us 30 years. Do you think something like that might work for you? Now, you're going to know right after you ask that. The, 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 now, that's pretty an, that's an aggressive stance, okay? You can let them off the hook. If, you, if, if you're in their house saying that and their eyes go wide when you say it, maybe you walk it back a little bit and say, yes, but a lot of times you know, we put in this balloon payment where we'll pay you off in full, and we'll put that in in like five or ten year mark or something. Normally, we get ten years. So, guys, if you can get ten years, you are golden. That's you're going to make a lot of money. Sometimes I get thirty years. Yeah, but oh, Linda's yeah. real good at asking for thirty years. That's because she's got that nice, cute voice, and <laughs> people just aren't going to hang up on her. And you know, I don't know. She's got a way about it. Anyway, so she, so the, you know, when you're negotiating these four things, that's the goal. And so, obviously. Uh, some sometimes, and when we work on deals at the events, and you guys bring in, you all know from the quick start that you brought in leads, or some of you did, and Lynette and I were calling them at the event and then giving you reports on how we were doing with them. Okay, so what does Ron, the second you go up on stage, Ron's grilling you about what? The four deal points. What do we have worked out? Because he, he's, Ron's always, be, isn't always be closing mentality for sure. And so he just wants to know, you know, do we have the, what's the first thing again? Purchase price. What do we have the purchase price worked out at? Then what are the payments going to be? What's the you know, term? How long do we have it for? And what's the down? So once you figure those four things out, again, that's, you have to figure those four things out. And somebody's got to write them on a piece of paper. Now, a lot of these appointments that we went out on actually in New Mexico, these four deal points were not worked out, not worked out very well at all. None of some of them, nothing was worked out. Now, some of them, more was worked out. There was one that was like basically closed, and we just needed to get that final signature. You know, you know it's interesting because uh, in the New Mexico, um, we had 14 appointments, 14 seller appointments, and we wrote 10 contracts on that two-day field trip. And so, just to give you the numbers on that real fast. Um, Bill and Jennifer were the students, and they're going to have uh, approximately $3,500, $3,500 monthly cash flow. Because that of was Michelle and Joanne and Bill and Jennifer. Yes, and Michelle and Joanne was their partner. So, um, and just with the non-refundable option deposits, NROD's uh, deposits collected, they'll be collecting, we figure, right around $300,000 worth of now that's money you can spend right away. You can put it in your pocket and spend it right away. That three hundred thousand dollars cash. That's right. People sometimes think they have to put that in an escrow account or something, but guys, that's income. That's cash flow. That is. You can spend it, and um, just on uh, just that that two day field trip, they're going to total profit over six hundred thousand dollars. Is that a life changer or what? Yeah, that's amazing. And you know what, guys? We actually had one deal already. Looks like uh, it's. It's actually one of the more expensive deals. It looks like it's going to close maybe, and we may be getting about a $200,000 spread on that one and maybe getting about 150 down. So uh, we'll keep you posted on that one, but that was, was a really excellent one. So. And I believe that the Gold Club, I think, is going to be, um, look on the Gold Club. We're going to have a video of the two-day visit because we had some hidden cameras when we went in so you could see how we went in and got the seller to sign the contract. 
um, at the deal meeting, which of course is the whole reason you're at the house. Yes, right. Walk out with a signed contract. So, so on the phone, when I say all, when we talk about always be closing on the phone, guys, that means get the appointment. Do what you need to do to get the appointment. And sometimes you can't work everything out, and you'll say, well. You know, you'll be trying to work out the monthly payment or something, and they'll say, well, I really have to talk to my wife or whatever. I don't want you guys at, you should try to get the husband and wife both on the phone, but I don't want you to have anything delay you from getting out to the house. So if there's other things that have to be figured out, you just say, okay, well, make sure to have your wife there when I come out. So, you know, I'll, I'll be coming out, you know, today at 6.30 and, you know, and, uh, and then you just get out there. And if you basically know, here's the one thing you must know, is that they understand that you need time, usually about two years or more, and they are okay with it. Or at least they're not saying no. You know, and then, you know, if you're pretty open and going out on appointments with sort of like not really totally working it out like that, you're going to not close the highest percentage. Now, I want you guys all shooting for four to eight deal meetings per month. So now we did... Uh, you know, like 14 in three days. So if you guys... Oh, two days. 14 in two days. So you guys want to be doing two, uh, uh, like I said, you want to be doing four to eight a month. Um, so that's about one to two a week. And so that's really not that much. Just This is you going into a house with a seller trying to sell their house. And, you know, and don't go out there unless they know you're not going to pay them cash you know, that you do need time to pay them. That's right, right. Okay, so um, back to I wanted to finish with a little housekeeping. We're going to jump right in. we got uh, quite a few people in the queue with questions. Did everybody get on the line now? Yeah, everybody's on now. So I was able to uh, get everybody from that other uh, web website over to the correct uh, conference call-in number. So welcome, everybody. Uh, hit star six to get in the queue if you have a question. And, of course, we've got some lead sheets that were sent in to us that we're going to talk about deal structuring. This is the alumni call, which is the fourth Monday. And just so you know, don't miss out on the, uh, the Quick Start alumni meeting, which is in Jacksonville, Florida, August 9th through uh, 9 and 10, August 9 and 10. And, of course, our Taking Action Communication Workshop, honey, precedes the alumni, the Quick Start alumni in Jacksonville, Florida. That would be August 7th and 8th. So you might as well write down that whole week, August 7, 8, 9, 10, Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, that's amazing. And you guys, uh, you know, that's a very uh, inexpensive event. I think it's just a couple hundred bucks. So that's yes. awesome. And since you went to the Quick Start, the alumni is a smaller meeting. It's really cool because we kind of, you get out there and you, you find out what your roadblocks and obstacles are and around the ground, and we're there, yeah. of, of course, too. Um, and uh, he's able to uh, get down and see what we can fix to uh, get this uh, momentum going for you. So it's a really awesome meeting, the alumni meeting. And uh, one last quick thing, I'm sure you marked in your calendars, Valentine's Day is coming up, and we have the Great American Real Estate Summit, and that is on February 14th through the 17th, and that's also in Jacksonville, Florida. So if you haven't got signed up for that, make sure to go um, and get signed up. Uh, yeah, let me get the first person. But I'll tell you what, guys, that, that is really cool, the summit, and that's four days of a lot of fun. If you're kind of newer, well, you guys should all have already gone through the Quick Start. So this isn't so much like an intense training event like the Quick Start was uh, where, you know, you're getting trained a lot on the business. Although Ron is going to have a lot of training sessions at this. He's got oh, my goodness, there's brand-new training sessions here. We're, we're talking full days, 12-hour days, incredible new information. You can't miss it. It's yeah. incredible. 
It's and a lot Ron of fun. has and new information. They're going to do a special at the banquet. They're going to do something special. They're going to roast somebody, and somehow they figured out that they were going to roast us. We've roasted Ron a couple of times now, and so somehow, some way, somebody came up with the bright idea to roast the wolf. So that would be really fun to to be there for. So, guys, if you if you can get to the summit, it's it's real affordable. I think it's a few hundred bucks uh, for a couple, and uh, it's down there in Jacksonville. Yeah, it's not uh, not too late. Don't miss out. It's incredible. All right, we have the first person in the queue. Go on R E S. Oh, yeah. 2018 for that. RES or, or, 2018 to get registered if you're not already. It's for Real Estate Summit, so it's RES 2018 uh, if you aren't already registered. Okay, we have the first person in the queue, area code 734. Yeah, this is Scott Cusack calling from Michigan. Um, <gasps> well, hello, Scott from Michigan. Hey, Scott. How are you doing? I, I just attended Quick Start last month, and... Um, I just had a question. I mean, I, uh, getting the homes, I, I think I got it kind of down as far as being able to understand the whole system. But as far as uh, preparing yourself to fill them, I guess, I, I heard some people recommend if you want to test the waters to maybe place some ads on Craigslist to, for different areas, size homes, just to see if you can get a list going. But I didn't know if that was too dangerous before you even had a home or well, yeah, to, technically you're supposed to have an um, equitable interest in, in everything before you're advertising is what you're talking about. Well, yeah. you can actually put – now, listen, there, there, people do advertise with what they call program ads, not houses. They don't say right. house, for, you know, house for sale, three-bedroom, two-bath, that kind of thing. Now, uh, but if they, they can say something like, you know, own a, uh, own a nice home through lease purchase. Bad credit, okay. Call us. We help. You know, we help buyers who can't qualify with the bank. Stuff like that. Because then you're advertising that you help people. You're not advertising a specific house. Now, if you guys are getting a house under contract, uh, you know, you want to get your Craigslist ad and everything out there as quickly as possible. Uh, and sometimes, you know, if 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 people are asking you to put uh, some money down, you do kind of want to test the market. And so, you know, we have tested the market a little bit with a Craigslist ad, just, a, you know, a blind ad with, you know, sort of a, a general description of the house, no, you know, no address, no nothing like that, and uh, just see exactly what the market is. But I'm telling you, once you get rolling, you're going to know, okay, I've got three people for this. Because now the way we teach to sell is we want you to do like a big open house and just attract as many people as you can and like overflow it where you have two or three people. Anybody who's got ten grand is pretty much in the game in, in my world. Now you want to get on a house that's two hundred thousand, you'd like to get about ten percent, you'd like to get about twenty grand down. Or fifty thousand, I mean what's the most obviously. Yeah, yeah. now there's five questions you're gonna ask your buyers. Number three is what's the most you can put down in your beautiful new home. And when you ask that, you know, it's what are, you know, if they got ten plus uh, they, they're going to go on your buyer's list. Now, if you have, if you're doing a big open house, now you're in Michigan, it's January, uh, you know, there's challenges to doing open houses. It's a little bit weather dependent, but people do open houses in the winter. You know, you can stick uh, signs in the snowbank. Sometimes it's pretty easy. So uh, we, we grew up in Minnesota, so I know. Uh, That's right. 
I, I know what it's like to, to you know, be in the, in, in the winter. But, we, you know, if you can do it, we want you to, as soon as you get the houses, you know, get them up on an open house the first weekend that it's available. And it, sometimes when you buy these things, they're already pretty much pretty. You know, the people fixed it up to sell it, and it looks good. So there's not a lot to do with it. So once the title comes back, like on a Tuesday or something, you could be getting a Zillow ad in there and the Craigslist advertising an open house for that weekend. And you can turn some of these things pretty fast. Now, after you do a couple of these open houses and you have people calling you and saying, hey, remember me? You know, don't forget about me. I got 15000 I really want a house. And have you found me anything yet? Then you get motivated to really go pull the trigger on a bunch of houses. Yeah. So, you know, you're, and everybody in the beginning has a little bit of hesitancy, like, well, I'm going to buy something that I can't move. And that's why we, that was Lynette's big thing. Lynette just couldn't, Lynette was driving me crazy over vacancies. And I said, honey, vacancies are part of the business. You're going to have houses that don't sell right away. And, you know, they're going to, and she said, no, we aren't going to have that. You know, she's not exactly patient this <laughs> Anyway, so I had to, you know, that's where I came up basically with the with the open house and trying to just attract and, and just sell it on the first weekend every time. And I so basically we just said, okay, well, we're just going to sell it on the first weekend, and but we have to attract enough people where we get enough people to pick from. I, you know, if you get three or four buyers, what's the chance that you're going to have somebody who has 10 or 15 or 20 grand down? It's a lot less than if you get 20 or 30 buyers. And so that's why we do, like, marketing blitz for the open house. And we really get a ton of people in there. And it, it, once you get that sort of mastered, it's uh, – or even – if you, you don't even have to master it. If you're halfway good at it, and just getting the word out and, then, you know, getting the right kind of house, uh, you'll, you'll sell it on the first week, and then you'll start to have buyers on your buyers list. Yeah, because, uh, Scott, I know you just came from the Quick Start Real Estate School, but when we go buy the house from the seller, we know it's already sold. We have the one-hour sale that Brian's talking about, and we create that frenzy, and we have a huge buyers list. And so we usually sell that house and have to go buy another four houses in that same neighborhood. And it's kind of ironic because when I was, like Brian said, that was my worry. I was afraid to buy a house because I thought, what if I can't sell it? you know, when I, when I first got into business 15 years ago. And um, that's really the least of your concerns. I mean, selling the house is the easy part. It's getting a good deal on buying the house. And um, ironically, it's easier to sell two to three houses than one house. So I'd like to see you focus on, you know, getting a house under contract. You're risking $10 earnest money. Put it under contract. Worst case scenario, uh, you, even if you don't sell the house, you lose $10, you build your buyer's list. You get those ads out, you build your buyer's list, you do the one-hour sale. Mm-hmm. But if you buy any kind of a normal house, if it's not some weird house or way out, this, this you know, system works. Basically, your, your open house is going to be successful. You're going to get somebody in there the first weekend. And uh, so that, that's really important. Now, another thing about this, I do want to tell you guys that Zillow is really, really important now in this world. And the quicker you can get that Zillow listing flipped, you got to get them to list it as sold, and, and then you got to take over that Zillow listing as fast as possible. And sometimes actually fixing the house up and doing a little polish on the house isn't even what holds you up. The Zillow listing is holding you up. So um, just know that you, everybody should go on Zillow and start getting good at Zillow because Zillow is a big part of this, and everybody knows this estimate. Anytime you're talking to a seller or buyer about any house that you're serious about, 
if you got a seller lead that says yes, you better know what this estimate is before you call them, because I can tell you for sure they know what it is. And, uh, you know, you're at a bargaining disadvantage if you don't know that stuff. Well, yeah, and we go to realestateabc.com, realestateabc.com, but all the sellers and buyers, all they know how to do is go to Zillow and take a glance at what the estimate is saying is what Brian's saying. Yeah. So um, did that kind of answer your question, Scott? Yeah, yeah, I think it did. <clears throat> that was my, my biggest concern is that being able to – if I got one under contract, what, what type of area would I be looking at knowing if I'm able to fill it soon enough? So well, I, what I want – yeah, that's, that's what I want you to do. If you, as soon as you get it, you guys should all just be, you know, quick on Craigslist. Get good at Craigslist. You're not going to be able to do the Zillow thing real quick. But I will tell you that, you know, if, if we have a deal where I, we have to put money down on it, like ten grand down or fifteen grand down or something, we think we're going to get – 30 grand back, you know, I, that's a house. And if I'm unsure about it, if it's an area I'm not real, you know, positive about or I don't have a buyer lingering, uh, a second that, you know, that I'm serious about it, you know, especially if I get it under contract for, like Lynette said, 10 bucks or 100 bucks. And if I know they're, they're thinking, okay, once we run title, I'm going to meet, you know, they're going to meet at my lawyers and they're going get to get their check for 10000 or whatever it is. And I'm going to, the very first weekend, we're going to put a bunch of Craigslist ads out and, you know, renew them a couple times, and we're just going to see what kind of reaction we get, especially in the higher prices. If you're looking at a house that's 750 or above or even 500 or above in a lot of areas, uh, that's an unusual house and maybe a little bit of a challenge. And if they're looking for 20 grand down or something, that's not an unreasonable ask on a very expensive house like that. But... I'm not going to give somebody that unless I think for sure I can get it. So sometimes if you run an ad on, on uh, Craigslist, make sure it's the first weekend, you know, and before you have to, before they go meet your attorney. But, yes, you have a signed contract on this deal, but you don't put the, put the uh, ad, address in there or anything, and you see what you get. Now, if you get inundated with calls, if you get ten calls and you got two of them, and, and, you know, on an example of an expensive house, they all have, let's say, double what you have to give the seller. Well, then, you know, that's great. So, uh, but, you know, just be very careful with this because you just, you want to, you know, you're going to know your market pretty quickly and you won't have that question that you just asked, like, well, how do I know if I'm going to be able to sell it? it? You know, within a few months of you doing any kind of decent amount of business, you're going to know, and you're going to know the weird ones too you're going to know, well, that one I'm not so sure about, so maybe I should do a little test marketing on that one. Okay? Yeah, well, that sounds great. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. It's great to hear from you again. Yeah. yeah. I know we had some conversation there. <laughs> Get me motivated. I appreciate it, though. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Okay. We um, you know, in the queue, honey, just so you know, um, I have uh, Jackie Thoreau sent in a lead sheet, Robert Jackson, Alex uh, Matsi. Um, we have quite a few people with lead sheets, so hit star six and get in the queue. If you guys do, you know lead from sheet. like looking at their caller ID or whatever. No, I'm looking at the property lead sheet that they faxed. I know, but do you know by oh. looking in the queue if those people are in the queue possibly? Oh yeah. Okay, that's. You can't tell by the. So if you're in the, once again, oh, there goes one more in the queue. Okay, yeah. So if you have a property information lead sheet, for sure hit star six and get in the queue. Okay. Yeah. All right, so next we have um, area code 954. 
Hey, it's Zach from Charlotte, North Carolina. Zach from Charlotte, North Carolina. Yay. Hi, Zach. How are you doing? How are you doing, Zach? I'm doing very well. Uh, I just collected $11,500 for a down payment on a house I sold for $75,000. Oh. Congratulations. Woohoo. Hey. Job. That's awesome. So what are the numbers on that? What did you buy it for? How much are you going to make? So you bought it for uh, I bought five it, or? I bought, it, I bought it subject to the mortgage balance is 54000 Wow. The payment is 569 And uh, I got the seller to pay half the closing costs and make two payments after closing. Wow, you go. That's awesome, Zach. And then now you just sold it for 75 I sold it for 75 and it's actually, um, uh, there's nothing inhabitably wrong with it, but it's definitely like on the work for equity kind of side, like a handyman special sort of sure. deal. So you, did you do any touch-ups at all on it once you bought it? Nothing. It needs paint. Oh. It needs, it needs uh, I could have spent... Easily, I could have spent five to ten thousand cleaning it up, um, and I have I have seventy five thousand out on another house I'm rehabbing. Uh-huh. And I just didn't want to deal with another project because it's driving me crazy. Sure. So I decided. That's, and to you know what, guys? Yeah. If I could make the point it. here, when you start to get going, everybody, when you get a deal or two or three working at the same time. That's why your dream team is going to start to kick in. And if you don't have two contracting crews, you're basically what your next strategy is is selling on a work for equity. Just don't do the work. You know, take the house as is and, you know, turn it around. And I, we want you to clean it up. If it's all, you know, dirty and there's garbage in there, get the garbage out. But other than that, you're really not doing any work to it. And this is a very nice spread. You got like a twenty thousand dollars spread on a house, and you're not even laying a finger on it. Yeah, and I got um, I think the the market rent's probably about seven seven fifty, and I ended up getting eight fifty on the rent. Wow! So that's like a three hundred dollar a month positive cash flow on a small house. Yeah, I'm really I'm really happy with this deal. And um, in the past, I've done a lot of um, wholesaling and some rehabbing, and um, you know, after doing this, th- this is a house I would have walked away from and wouldn't even want to touch in the past. Uh-huh. And uh, it's really, like, all I'm interested in doing now. Wow. It's pretty wow. awesome. How, how do you and get most seller leads? Probably 10 buyers or so between eight and 12,000. Wow. That's that great. So there was a lot of competition. Um so you just but, need to find more houses like this. You could just make this into a real factory. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to have five more of these right now. Yeah, that's uh, great. So here's my my question: is more logistics. Um, mm-hmm. I bought the property in a land trust. My LLC is the beneficial interest. Um, I am the trustee, and so my question is. Um, if, can the trustee accept all the money, make all the payments, and then transfer the profit to the beneficial interest? Is that the best way to structure it? Uh, usually people don't make themselves the trustee. The, 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 usually the, the idea, part of the idea of the LLC is to get your name off of stuff. 
and have yeah. nothing traceable directly back to you. Uh, the, the, uh, guys, this is the biggest challenge with using land trust. And some, some students just use like an LLC and they'll buy everything in LLCs. Uh, the, the challenge there, don't put anything more than, don't, guys, never have more than three properties in any LLC or have your LLC listed as beneficial interest on more than about three properties. Okay, if, especially if it's relatively cheap to do LLCs. So when you're doing land trusts, Here's, here's what I want you guys to be thinking of, is finding yourself a good trustee. Now, this person should be, to, just to try to get the anonymity thing, they should be somebody that either you trust who doesn't have your same last name, uh, and it could be, you know, somebody you know. It could be a relative, like a, like a relative that you trust who doesn't have your same last name, like a in-law or somebody like that. Yeah. Um, or like Lynette, we've used her sister who got married and has a different last name. So we've used different people for different properties. Sometimes an attorney will actually serve as a trustee on a property. Some people will use another LLC as a trustee for the one LLC. So they'll actually buy it and, and have and then, but now you, whoever's the member or manager of that LLC, has to sign for that LLC. Just make sure you're always signing as member. So now you serving as your own trustee, uh, I've never actually done it that way, but the trustee handles all the, uh, all the incoming funds and outgoing and whatever has to be executed with that property. You know, uh, usually... You know, you have a CPA or accountant or somebody's doing your books, so they're really handling all the the transactions and stuff. So there's not a lot of uh, stuff that you have to do as the trustee, except your initial paperwork to get the ownership and everything established. Did you have a specific question about how to structure that part of it? It's my question is not. I I know how to structure it in the future. Okay. Uh, this is kind of my first one. Uh huh. So rather than you know, I, I think I made a mistake here, but I'm, uh, I'd rather, you know, misstructure it and, and have a successful deal than not do the deal. Right, right, right. We so, agree with that. I, I tell people, hey, if you buy a house in your own personal name, if you can't even get an LLC up in time, you know, you know, far be it. You can always go back and change it. So you as trustee, if you want to change the way you're deeding the property or anything like that, you can go back in there and change it. So here, I guess here's my question more specifically, um, and I'll, I'll sort out who the trustee is uh, uh-huh. in the future, but the trustee should be collecting the, the income into their bank account and making payments out of that account. No, no, um, whatever. What, no, it's the LLC that is the beneficial interest is, is how you're going to do that. You're not, no trustee, remember, your trustee might be your sister-in-law. She's not handling your, the money. She's not going to be handling money ever. Your trustees really don't handle any money or do anything like that. What they do is they sign the, the deed paperwork uh, or any other legal paperwork that needs to be signed by, you know, by the trustee. Um, and, and so other than that, they're, they're not included in any of the bank accounts or anything. So you're, you're going to have... I don't know how you're set up right now, but you're going to have different bank accounts for different LLCs, and you might just have one overall, like a management company, that handles all your 
banking and all and it might just be another LLC that's like a management company LLC now you can take you're going to have one most of you guys don't even are are maybe not that far along on this path so i'm just going to tell you that you're going to have to have a bank account established you got to have an EIN number and all that you have to have uh you know your your uh uh, LLC paperwork, and you got to bring the LLC paperwork to the bank and show them that and set up your bank account. So then you're going to be doing the banking in and out of that account. Now, if you make that LLC that's handling the income and outgo, which is like your management company, if you make that also hold, property, hold, you can make that holding property as well. But then you can also make that company manage other, you know, the, the funds for other LLCs. The, yeah, so the thing is you don't want to have to have 83 bank accounts when you once you start getting a lot of property. So eventually you're going to have some kind of you're going to set up a management company bank account. But if you just got a few properties, well basically, I'm sorry honey to interject. Um I was going to encapsulate. I think your question um just to answer it, you know how you have you have your trust agreement and obviously you don't want to be your own trustee. The trustee manages that property for the benefit of someone else, the beneficiary. Okay? Yeah. So they're not, like Brian said, they're not doing the money. Uh, they're just basically transferring, uh, signing paperwork. Correct. But here's my, it, my concern is if the tenant is making the checkout to the beneficial interest, then there's no privacy anymore. Well, the trust agreement is not something that gets recorded. That's, that's yeah, why the, my recommendation the is right and, in the and check especially yeah, my recommendation is, as, as you're moving forward, is have one LLC not be the holder of the beneficial interest of the properties, okay, but instead be like a management company LLC over your LLCs that have the beneficial interest in the properties. Okay, if you want to have the best sort of divestment and, you know, the best chance for, listen, here's the thing. Most times people can look up the LLCs, they can look up the members. They're, unless you're setting up in Delaware or, or uh, Vegas, you know, in, in Nevada or something, uh, it's hard to really be anonymous. You're trying to make this a little bit harder for an attorney, and if an attorney looks at it and they see trustee written on there, a lot of times they'll say, well, I don't really want to go through that. Um, that's only if something goes wrong. The only time this stuff ever becomes an issue is if, some you, somebody gets you know their knickers in a twist and decides they're going to you know come after you, which is a very rare occurrence. But if it happens, you know you're looking for some anonymity, but there isn't a lot. You know, unless like I say, you're you're working in an estate with more anonymity. So I do like it if you have a trustee separate than you signing your docs, and I you know, and they if they're writing right now, if they're writing it. If they're writing a check to an LLC like, you know, uh, you know, Jones Holdings or something, I want you to have an LLC that sounds kind of like a management company anyway, because you're going to be using that company name every time you send out a lender letter to everybody who has an underlying mortgage. So every time you do a deal with a seller who has an underlying mortgage, you're going to take the name of your LLC management company or whatever your first LLC is and say this is now the management company of this property and all future correspondence should go to this person. Don't forget that step because a lot of people forget that and then stuff keeps going to the seller 
and you know you don't want that, and you don't want them getting the year-end tax statements and all that stuff. You want everything, so don't forget to have that done. Now, if you have, that's going to be your LLC that's like a management company, and that's the one like I want you to use. A lot of times, people just the way they do it in the beginning, they just set up one LLC just because it's you know they they're just starting off and they just use one LLC for everything. They set up the bank account in that LLC and they do and it's the beneficial interest of all their deals and everything. But once you get a little bit bigger and have a few LLCs, do it the way I said, have a management company LLC and then have your hold your properties in beneficial interest in different LLCs. And um what what's the most recent event you've been to, Zach? I was just at the Quick Start again. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, as you know, Ron, Ron is actually giving out. He filmed, uh, He actually did a DVD and everything. Um, it's incredible. He's giving that out at the summit. Are you coming to the summit by any chance? I have a conflict, and I can't be there. Oh, you can't. Okay. Well, um, Ron actually, I would call the Global Publishing because they have this incredible, Ron spent uh, four hours going over exactly what your question was. Um, and it's incredible, okay. and he, I know he's giving it out at the summit, so let's see if there's a way you can get your hands on that. What's that called? It's all about, um, the DVD is all about, he spent four hours talking about land, land trust? trust and um, trustee and exactly what you're talking about. It's just Yeah, he, he did redo his land trust. Yeah. Yeah, he redid his land trust agreement. It's you guys awesome. remember, all of you who are at the Quick Start, uh, and have your manual, you may not even remember this, but in the front cover, in the inside front cover, there's uh, two DVDs in there, and one of them is a DVD of Ron talking about land trust, and one of them is, a, is another one of him going through the contracts. So you may not even remember that you have this, but that, those are very valuable to watch if you, don't, uh, if you want a really thorough refresher on all this stuff we're talking about. It's an entity structuring DVD if you want to ask for it. At Global Publishing. Okay. Great, great questions. Awesome. People, people yeah, we love a lot of clarification stuff. on that. That was a great question. That was a lot of stuff we went over. So hopefully you took notes. And if the, if you don't totally understand all of that, don't worry about it. Honestly, just get get an LLC and just get going if you're starting out. If, uh, the land trust is right there in the Global Publishing Quick Start Manual. And you guys can, oh, my gosh, you could spend three months trying to figure out the land trust and worrying about this and that. Just get an LLC and get going. Right, honey? Yep. It leads pouring in. That's right. All right. Well, thank you for the great question. Yes. We're glad we right. could answer it. And really thank great you. the way you're transitioning and, and you know, fine-tuning the business. Okay. Thanks for your help. Yep. Okay, next in the queue, we have area code 201. Hello. Hello. Hi. Who's this? Hi, my name is Rosa. I'm sorry, Hi. what's your name? My name is Rosa. Hi, Rosa. Hi. Rosa, where are you Hi. from? Where, where are you New from? York. New York? New York, yeah. Oh, my yeah, person. I remember you, Rosa, from New York. Yeah. My How are is, you? I am great, and you? Wonderful. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, my question is, uh, the guy that came in earlier, he was uh, explaining how to put an ad that it sounds like you are helping, uh, you are helping people to buy a property. Yeah. I didn't get that part. 
Can you please explain to me? Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the guy who had the first question was, um, he was wondering uh, how he could put an ad on Craigslist. And we said the best thing is just to get a house under contract. You're risking $10, and then, you know, you have uh, equitable interest, and then go ahead and advertise on Craigslist. Um, so the ad uh, would be, do you want us to tell you what the ad would say? Yes. So, Brian, you want to get the blanket ad? Well, guys, if you're advertising, mostly what you're going to be advertising is you're mostly going to have three-bedroom, two-bath. You know, this is going to be – Typical investor fair, unless you're going for different stuff. But you want to be in the middle of the market. You want houses a lot of people want. So you're going to usually be aiming for like three-bedroom, two-bath. But if you have a four-bedroom, two-bath, that's extra good. So you'd push that in the ad. The main thing that you want to make sure you put in your ad are what we call USPs. And a USP is a unique selling proposition. Now, what we have different, what we do different, uh, the way we sell is bad credit okay. Most times people have to have good credit, even just to rent a house. You know, a lot of places that rent houses or even mom-and-pop landlords, small investor landlords are checking people's credit and making them have good credit. So the fact that we advertise bad credit okay is a big plus. So we're going to take and we're going to advertise the house just like the other ones on Craigslist. Here's a little good experiment for you guys, a good, uh, a good uh, lesson uh, and uh, assignment for you. Um, go on Craigslist right now or after we hang up from the call. Go on Craigslist and look, and look under houses for sale and look under houses for sale in your area, okay, houses you know, under your city and where you're going to be working. Now, in our area, Phoenix, it's a pretty big city, so they have different areas. They have East Valley. Now, that's technically where we are, Scottsdale, uh, Mesa, um, Chandler. There's a, there's a East Valley side here. So we're in the East Valley. So when people – I look, we, we would go in there and look at the East Valley. Now, some of these ads are just nice ads, and they're well-written, and they have some nice pictures, and they say good things about houses that seem good. So, like, you'll, you'll see things like big backyard or, uh, you know, spacious kitchen or whatever you like, you know. And so you can always steal from other people's ads. You know, your house is going to have a lot of the same features that other people's ha- ads have. Now, also, if you have – a lot of times you can, uh, you can do it faster and easier by copying what they already have. So they are a lot of times already advertising on Zillow or maybe Craigslist, but probably not, probably not Craigslist, but for sure Zillow. So you can take stuff that they say on Zillow, the, whatever they say, whatever they say about the house, you know, um, new cabinets or uh, tile throughout or whatever they say that you like, you're going to use that stuff. The only thing you're going to change is that you're going to put in, you know, bad credit okay, no banks needed, uh, available immediately, won't last, and you're going to put in there uh, once you get, you know, this is after you get your house bought. Um, this is just for a test marketing ad. So you're going to go and talk to a seller and you, you like the house, but maybe you're not positive you're going to be able to sell it quickly or the seller wants some money down, so you kind of want to make sure you're going to be able to sell it. 
So that's when you would do what we're talking about. That's when you would test the market by putting an ad in Craigslist. And again, you would basically maybe copy what they had or find other ads that said things similar to what you like or you know, just you know, say what you like about the house and put it in there. Make sure it's all in bullet points. Don't write some big, long paragraph. It's always much easier to read if it's those short bullet points. And make sure you put those USPs in there, bad credit okay, uh, you know, no bank qualifying and that. Now, you, as, as soon as you get the house under contract and, put, and run that ad, and you know, if you get 10 calls, uh, you're excited and you're okay with going through with it and paying that seller uh, whatever they wanted down. Uh, but remember, if, if it's not, uh, you know, if, if nobody calls and you think it's, you advertised it at a good price, now you're going to put the purchase price in the ad too. Um, and if you advertise it and nobody calls, then, you know, then maybe this house isn't the right house, you know, to buy. Okay, so that's, that's basically the whole uh, way to test the market and how to advertise your houses and, and uh, you know, before you have to put any money down. So, yeah, that, that's a good question, yes. uh, Rosa. Rosa, do you have any other questions? Yes. If I, if I, do this, if I test the market and the, and the buyer wants to get the address to the property, what do I do from Well, there? then you, you say uh, uh, you arrange a, a showing with the seller. Now, when you bought the house, when you went on to the house the initially house. and talked to the seller, some houses are vacant. Some have a renter in them, and some of them the seller lives in it. So you got to ask the seller, guys, when you go out to people's houses to buy them and you're signing the contract and you're moving forward, you got to ask them a couple questions. When can I take ownership? When are you going to move out if there's somebody in there? Or when is the renter moving out if there's a renter in there? Or if it's vacant, obviously you don't have to ask when, when it's available. Okay, but if, if it's not, if, if, uh, if it's vacant, you want to say, look, I may have a buyer already for this house. Uh, can, I, you know, can I set up times when I can just show the house? Sometimes it's on a lockbox, and they'll give you the lockbox code and just say, yeah, you can show it. I mean, you've got a contract on it, so basically, you know, it's your house, so yes, you can show it. Sometimes sellers are picky, and they don't want to show it until the closing, you know, which is not so good. Hopefully they're pretty good about it and uh, they let you just go and show it. Now if they live in there or if a tenant lives in there, then it's a little bit harder. But if you get somebody to call who calls off your, you know, your test marketing ad who says, you know, I'm very interested in, the, in that house. Now remember, you already have this house under contract and you already know because you've talked about this with the seller what you're showing, how you can show the house. So just remember, when you're out there signing and buying the house with the seller, ask them, tell them that you may have some buyers for this house. You have a few people possibly that you can think of that might want this house, and they would love to see it you know, as soon as possible. How can I show the house? How can you let your tenant, you know, can I call the tenant? Does, you know, do you want to call the tenant? And listen, if it's hard to show it, if like, they have to call the tenant 24 hours in advance and all this other stuff, and it's kind of hard to show it, then you've got to try to set your buyers up at the same time. So if you get two or three people who want to see the house, you set them up at the same time. And hopefully you can get the house sold even before you close with your seller and you get money down from your buyer 
even before you have to give any money to your seller, if you have to give any money to your seller. Now, that's, you know, that's the perfect scenario. And if it, the house is vacant, it's a lot easier. If it's, in fact, if it, the seller's in it, it's, even easy, it's usually even easier than if there's a renter in there. Because with a renter, you have to give them warning and all that. So sometimes that's more trouble. But always find out, guys. And we have a special, you guys know we've mentioned that we have a one-hour sales system that we teach about the open house. And we, in that, we have a special property showing agreement. So you guys just, you can write this on a napkin if you want, but you just got to write something down that says that, yes, I can show the house, it's okay with you. I, will, you know, I won't show it unless I'm there. Uh, and, uh, but then there's another part of this where you ask them if it's okay to do an open house. Now, sometimes, you know, if you, they're okay with you just meeting one person over there and, and uh, you know, doing, you know, showing them the house, but they are not okay with an open house. Now, if they're okay with an open house, that's great because then you can do some big open house while their furniture is in there and you don't have to stage it or anything. This is if it looks nice. And, uh, and you can get the house sold before they even move out. So uh, that's, that's the perfect, you know, that's the best case scenario. But that's what you do. So if they call, if people call and they want to go see it, you've already hopefully worked it out with the seller, or you call the seller and say, hey, I have some buyers that really want to see it. How can we set up that I can bring them over and show it to them? Okay, now, now you have to be a little bit careful. If the seller still has their listing on Zillow, the buyer might see the seller's listing on Zillow. And so this is, you know, a little bit of, you know, you've got to be a little careful with this. And sometimes, guys, if you think someone might go around you, you can always uh, file something, have the seller sign something. That An you affidavit, a memorandum affidavit, and you can record that to cloud the title. Yeah, I think, I think it's actually, it's a weird name, but I think it's on the Gold Club is Affidavit of Memorandum. Yeah, I think that's affidavit of memorandum is what and it says. It's the form you would use and just says that you guys have an option on the house to buy it or whatever and, and that no one can, you know, supersede that. Okay. It, it basically clouds the title. Yeah. Great question, Rosa. That that was a, I was glad to be able to talk about that. That's an important area. Um, I only have one more question. Okay, great. I have to do I have to be on contract before I can do this. What are, my goal is before I get that contract signed, I get someone, I get um, buyer to look at it. Yes, and you can do it that way. I mean, if you know, if you've talked to the seller already, and and the seller, uh, and and you sit, tell the seller that you're interested in the house, but you, uh, but you now you don't have it under contract yet. There's a lot of times where people do second and third showings. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to call the seller and say, you know, I, I, you know we, we, I saw the house one time and I'm very interested and I want to come back and I want to bring someone with me to kind of look at the house as well. Um, you know, do you have to be there or can I meet you there or whatever? And you just go with that one person and you show them the house. And, uh, and then, you know, if they say, wow, I love this house, now, you don't, you don't tell the seller who they are or anything, and you show them the house, and hopefully the seller's not even there. Uh, if the seller's there, you just don't let them get into some conversation. And then afterwards, you talk to your buyer, and if your buyer says, you know what, I love that house, uh, how, you know, how can we work this out? And then you can go back and work with the seller and say, okay, I'm ready to move forward. 
because then you would already know you had it sold to this buyer. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so you could just bring the buyer with you and just call the seller and say, I wanted to do a second showing and, and see it again, you know. And yeah. just bring your buyer with you and try to close. Okay? Awesome question. At that time, I can only bring one person. Well, you know, it depends on what, how, how easy it is to show the house. If the house is on a lockbox and it's vacant, then you could bring as many people as you want. You know, and the seller's not even going to be there. But, uh, you know, if the seller's going to be there and they still live there, and, you know, you, you, know uh, you can let them know that you buy and sell houses and you're an investor, and you can let them know if they're okay with it that, you know, you can explain. Usually we don't like to get into all this, but you can explain to them that you have lease purchase buyers and, you know, you're very interested in the house, but you want to show it to some lease purchase buyers first and they might be the ones that you're going to put in the house. And so if you explain that whole thing and the seller says, okay, I understand, and the seller understands what you do, then, you know, then you could bring them over and, you know, you're not hiding anything. But the seller knows, you know, and the buyer, the seller knows you're showing a buyer that is going to maybe move into the house. So then they might want to talk to them and stuff, and it can lead to some issues. So really it's best if you can try to not have sellers and buyers meeting each other but sometimes, you know, if you want to show the house before you've actually closed on it, sometimes sellers and buyers are going to meet each other. And hopefully you handle it, you know, smoothly and, you know, the seller, it's not a big deal. But, you know, if you tell the seller, hey, I've got about three or four people who are very interested in this house and, uh, you know, can we set up a time where I can bring them over, uh, you know, what's the, the seller can either say yes or no. And That's if they true. say yes, then, you know, then you just bring them over and, and try to sell the house. That's a good point. Um, honey, we actually have two more people in the queue, and it's already uh, one hour. Thank you. Thank you, Rosa. Thank you, Rosa. Uh, next in the queue, we have area code 734. Who do we have? 734. Area code 734. Oh. Oh. There, it must have lost them. Okay, next in the queue we have Steve. Hi, Steve. How you doing? Hey. Hey, guys. Hi. Thanks for taking my call here in California. Uh, yes, hey, of Steve. course. Steve from California. Yeah. It's great to hear from yeah. you again. Thank so you. I made it through the fire. Are next week? Or wait, tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be there. Be there. Yeah, be signed up for Wednesday. I, I really appreciate it. Look forward to it. Thanks. Bring lots of leads. We love calling your sellers and closing deals for you. Okay. Yeah. I think I faxed in Sunday night about three of them. Did you get them? Yeah, what's the name under? Okay, I got one that looks good under David. Uh, the owner's it's um, the one at uh, Johnson Drive in uh, Ventura. Okay, what's what's the numbers on that one? Uh, well, the, the what do you think it's worth? Four hundred fifteen thousand is what he's asking, but he's negotiable. It's free and clear. He owns it outright. He's okay. been there. It's a uh, over fifty-five community. You know. His mother's home. He's been there 32 years plus. Um, but uh, you know, I, I have I've got to call him and get more of the facts. I just got the lead the other day from the VA, so I just okay. wanted to run it by you guys, see what you guys thought. That's why I thought I'd call. Is him it a yes there. lead then? Did he say yes? Yes, yes, yeah. But he's I got to work him on the price. The, the ABC.com comes in at 415. It's just or, a two-bedroom, two-bedroom. Oh, now, is that, when you're saying abc.com, they don't have a comp thing, but they put the Zestimate up there. Is that the Zestimate? 
Correct, yes. Okay, so this estimate's 415. Somehow Real Correct. Estate ABC and, and Zillow are connected, so you see this estimate on Real Estate ABC. Guys, the best thing to do, though, is go on Real Estate ABC and try to find one comp and what it sold for, the highest comp. So now if you go in Real Estate ABC, his estimate's 415, and he's asking 450? No, no, no. He's he's asking 415, Brian. Yeah, he's oh, asking. He's asking 415. 415. But, okay, but I believe estimate, he's... Yeah. What's his estimate? R- right at the estimate. It's both the okay. same numbers. Okay, yeah. okay. and, uh, you know, we... Uh, you know, if we can get the right terms, I, I mean, we even advertise that we'll pay full price. One of our USPs that we'll put in our ads is, is uh, sell now for full price. And, you know, we're trying to get calls from these kind of people who want full price. So uh, it comes down, a lot of times it comes down to the terms more than the price. Now, if this guy wants retail price for the house, and this is just a lesson for everybody, but he wants nothing down, and he wants a payment that leaves about $500 a month positive cash flow, how, how can you possibly go wrong? You know, and so that's, that's what uh, we've got to figure out with the rest of the term. So he's basically asking retail price. Have you worked out anything? But you didn't talk to him about a term or anything. You haven't called him yet. No, no, I'm getting ready. I just wanted to wait, run it by you, you know, and get to the course Wednesday. Okay, well, the main thing, you know, and this is the easiest way to explain what we do is is just to, you know, let people know that, uh, you know what, here's my quick, easy way that I get into these calls. Sometimes when we're at events, guys, we just have to go fast. Now, Uh you, a lot of you have our what to say and what to do, the grand wolf system that Ron and us did together with all the scripts. So you've got a lot of scripts to use there. So obviously those are that's what we want you to follow. But if you're just giving someone a quick, fast explanation, we just say, hey, we buy and sell a lot of houses in this area. And if we're buying an ugly house or a distressed house, people call it, we'll pay cash a lot of times. But when we're buying a pretty house or a house of nicer quality like yours, what we would do is we'd buy it with owner financing or a lease, sandwich lease purchase. Now, you don't have to say those terms. Uh, you, if you know you're going to buy a lease purchase or if you know you're going to buy owner financing, then just say the one or the other. So, but basically you're saying, uh, you know, but with a nicer house like yours, the way we would buy it is with blank, you know, owner financing. Now, all that really means is that we just need a little bit of time to pay you off in full. Now, do you mm-hmm. think that might work for you guys? So that's the basic quick explanation. Just to see if they're even possibly in it, okay? Because if they are, if they say, "Oh no, we can't give you any time," then you got your answer quick, and that's really mm-hmm. what it all boils down to. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we we can overpay for houses if they give us ten years, uh, and and you know no down payment. Now, so that's what it's going to come down to with this guy. If it's if you know, does it say what his payment is? Oh, he owns it free and clear, Brian. Oh yeah, free and clear. Uh, that's uh, right. So yeah. what you should do is you should. Yeah. You should run some numbers, even before. If he says yes, what did he say yes under? Under the yeah. B. Okay, on your sheet, guys. A is subject to, B is lease purchase, kind of. Sort yeah. B is lease purchase, then C has part where it sort of says lease purchase, but owner financing too. So essentially, depending on how your VA is approaching these, 
they're all kind of changeable. So I don't really, when I look at, you know, if they check box A or B or C, like when we get 100 leads handed to us, like tomorrow or uh, Wednesday morning when we get to L.A., we're doing a quick start, uh, you know, we'll go through them fast, and whether it's, it's uh, I don't care if the yes is in B or C, and I don't, I do care if it's an A. If it's an A, that means you got a subject too, and that's the easiest deal. So that's great. But if it's in B or C, uh, you know, those are interchangeable. If I want to buy it as a lease purchase, that's what I'm pitching. If I would want to buy it as uh, owner financing, that's what I'm pitching. So, uh, but really, remember, the easiest way to explain what we do to people is, hey, to sellers, is, hey, all we need is a little bit of time to pay you off in fall. And if they say yes to that, I mean, that's almost worthy of just going out there on an appointment and seeing what, what you can do. So now with this guy with the 415, if he's got no payment, Usually when you've got a house that's more expensive, now most of us are in areas where your average house is two to 300 or less, sometimes maybe closer to 100. But all those, the, the, usually the percentages work out okay. If you, if you run the numbers at 4% interest, usually you can amortize it over 30 years and work out kind of a decent payment uh, that you can set up some kind of owner financing with the seller. When the houses start getting up around 500, Sometimes even at 4%, your payment is so high that there's no way that you're going to be able to rent it out for that much. So that's when you do one of two things. You either do owner financing and you don't put any percentage in this contract. You don't write, now remember, you're writing 1E under the owner financing and then you explain the terms under 2B. That's in the contract. So when you're going under 2B and you're writing the terms, you're actually, remember, this is in Word, so I'd want you to actually delete the line that says, if interest applies, the interest rate shall be. Cut that out and don't have any mention of interest and just say the payment per month is going to be blank. And let's say you think that this place for 415 can rent for three grand a month. So you, you say, now, if you worked out the interest of 4% on a $415,000 mortgage, I don't know what that is off the top of my head, it might work but it might, it might not work. So you might just write this thing as if you know you can get 3000 you might say that your payment is 2000 per month, uh, and then you can write in under there how much of that goes is, is credited towards the purchase price uh, per month as well. So you don't write any percentages. You just write what payment would work for you, and then you just hope they don't bring up interest rate. You hope they don't say, well, what about what, is, what interest rate is this? Because I'm telling you, if you work the numbers right, the interest rate is going to be like 1.02 or something really low. So that's, but the other option, and when you guys are in these expensive price properties in California, the other option is to just automatically default to doing a lease purchase on everything. Now, you don't own the house, so you're not in quite as much of a position of power, but usually you don't have to come up with as much down. If you're buying with owner financing, a lot of people want 10% down. It's just the knee-jerk reaction. But if you say lease purchase and you say, oh, we just put first and last months down and that's it, and they, a lot of times they'll go, oh, okay, that's fine. And if you get a sandwich lease purchase with first and last month down, you're probably going to get a lot more from your lease purchase buyer than what you're paying down. So that would work better. So that's why a lot of times, on depending on what they're looking for, now sometimes they don't want to do a lease purchase, or they, they have something against either an owner finance or a lease purchase, so you've got to kind of just say, okay, well, we can do it the other way. Either way you do it, you're just looking for the most amount of time, and it all, it's all the same to you, basically. 
I mean, you don't really care. The numbers shouldn't be really any different whether you're doing a lease purchase or owner financing. And so just, you know, work it the way they want to work it. But remember, your payment's going to be all screwed up if you're trying to do owner financing and you're trying to apply some interest rate on houses once they get over about, you know, once they get up around 500. So run the numbers on this. Now, if I'm, if I'm looking at a lead sheet, the very first, the way I, I pre-screen these things, the first thing I look at is, is there a yes on the lead sheet? And if there's a yes, I, I'm in right there. And then number two, I look at the spreads. Now, there's no spread on this. The guy wants 415. He's asking 415. And so, you know, I'm not so excited. But he's not out of the ballpark. See, because sometimes sellers, you know, he'd be asking 450, which I what I thought it was. And he and the estimates 415. So there, you might still have a deal there, but it's a lot longer shot. If he's asking 415, you can get him down to 400. You could probably easily sell this thing for 429.9 at least. So that's right. a $30,000 spread right there. And right. so uh, even if you couldn't get them down, even if you could, you, you might be able to sell this thing on terms for 439.9. And so then, and, and remember, you're going to get credit for the principal reduction and whatever else is happening, uh, you know, over the year, however much time you get. So mm-hmm. you just want to get try to get the most time you can get. Five or ten years would be great. And you want to get, you know, the lowest payment. And so if he starts start talking about interest rates, you want to try to steer him away from that. And, you know, you, you should in your, have it in your mind before you even call him a number that you could afford to pay him per month that would make sense where you still have a profit margin. And just look up the rentals estimate. The rent, Remember, guys, Zillow has a rentals estimate, too. So they'll tell you what they think the place would rent for. Did you look at that, by the way? I got. I have to still do that. I, I think okay. it rents higher than that. I know that area of Ventura is really nice, so I, I'm thinking. Okay. You know, I'm thinking at least two thousand. Yeah. Okay. So for whatever it rents for, just make sure that you're asking. Uh, you know. You know. Mm-hmm. He, if he brings up, if you, you know, you're trying to work out the four deal points on this call, and so as much as you can, anyway. So purchase price. You know, try to get him down on that. Um, then you're looking at monthly payment. And that's where, you know, all this interest rate stuff comes in. And you, you should know I can't afford to pay more than blank and still make this work for me. You know, you mm-hmm. want to always shoot for at least a $300 a month positive cash flow. And then mm-hmm. in terms of the term, like I said, you'd like to get 30 years. I mean, sometimes it's funny. If you ask for 30 years, sometimes people go, yeah, I guess so. Um, so, you know, stranger things have happened. But, you know, you want to get at least five or ten years. And then down payment, obviously, he might ask for a down payment. And so, obviously, you'd like to not pay a down payment. So just go by the scripts uh, for that part where, where you mm-hmm. discuss the down payment. Perfect. Thank you so much, Craig. I'm looking uh, forward to seeing you guys there. That's All promising. Right. And, for, you know, uh, if you want to, you know, we're going to be there on Wednesday. So we're calling yeah. a bunch of leads on Wednesday. If you just want to hold that one and have us call it on Wednesday, we would do that, too. Oh, that's great. I'd love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, cool. That'd be cool. great. All right. Well, okay. we're really looking forward to seeing you. Yeah. Thanks so much Thank for the call. Guys. Great Thank call. You. And way to get a lead. Yeah. So, guys, Thank everybody, you. just to go through the numbers one more time so everybody has them fresh for 2018, everybody should be getting at least 20 leads per month, doing 20 closing calls. That means 20, talking to 20 people with a house for sale, okay, per month and uh, hopefully going out on between four and eight appointments per month. That's one to two per week. Um, you're not making money sitting in your living room, unless you're on the phone, that is. That's right. 
Um, and then so uh, that should be your goal, and, and our overall goal is 10 deals at least this year. That would really change your life. I, I'm telling you right now, I know if you did pretty, 10 pretty house deals this year, it would absolutely change your life. So We're looking forward to you can come to the Quick Start for free for 12 months. So, yep. so hopefully we'll see you at one of the Quick Starts real soon. And call in next month on the, on the great alumni call. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard. We're looking forward to talking to you again with all your great questions and deals. Great questions tonight. That was a great call. So, guys, take care and take, take action. action. Bye for now. Okay, bye. Okay.